0: Now, as you know, I've been trying to get onto a message over the last few weeks just about wisdom with alcohol. And uh, this morning, we're going to hear that message. And so this message, this talk, is not about whether we should drink or not, okay? That's not what it's about. But really, it's sort of going into the abuse of alcohol, how it affects the world, I guess, and us as Christians. Because in the Christian world, you can get two streams. One's it's like, you know... If you drink, you're going to hell. The other side's, you know, let's just party and just disregard God whatsoever. But the Bible does have a fair bit to say about alcohol and the effects. And also, as you read through the stories, you'll see many times how alcohol has affected the outcome in situations. So this isn't really about, you know, whether I should drink or not, because if you go through the Bible, you'll see that God even asked people to bring wine offerings in, and he says, enjoy that wine together, so eat and drink, um, and enjoy that stuff. So this is really more about what's the wisdom for me in this area. And it can be so different for different people. Um, I shared with you last week that um, the reason I don't drink is because I feel that, uh, and I'll I'll show you some scriptures a little bit later, that that as a, a person who wants to dedicate their life to God, it's good not to be under the control of anything. Now, it might not be alcohol, it might be food, it might be TV, it might be leisure or recreation, whatever it is, if that takes a hold of my life and actually puts itself above God, that becomes an idol to me. And alcohol, um, the World Health Organization says, is a problem in every single country in the world. There's not one country in the world where alcohol is not a problem. I'll just give you a few stats um, just to throw them out there, just so you can have a think about it, because really it starts with wisdom, right? The Bible says we're to seek wisdom. And Proverbs talks about that. It says, above everything else, seek wisdom. Because if you do that, you're going to find the path of life, okay? And Proverbs 21 says this, Excuse me. Wine produces mockers, alcohol leads to brawls. Those led astray by drink cannot be wise. So just firstly, when we start to think about alcohol and what it does, if we're seeking wisdom, right there it just says those who are led away by alcohol cannot be wise. Somehow it affects our brain, and we'll talk a little bit about that, to make us not in the right place for thinking properly. And as a young kid, the church was very guarded against alcohol, making sure that this was something that didn't creep into the church as a problem. It's a little bit different today. Like I've been to, to functions and I'm like, wow, man, these guys are hitting it. And as the night goes on, you see changes in behaviour, the way they think, the way they act and the way they talk, which really do not bring glory to God. So that's what we're thinking about. Um, and the changes just remind me there's a, there's a guy that, that I know he was... Um, with another man and he went to the to the house with this guy and he went in and he's talking to his wife and he's going darling just love you so much thanks for everything you do for me goodbye see you later and they hopped in the car and the other guy's going well i can't believe it is that how you always treat your wife and he goes yeah that's it it's something that's in my heart i just love her so much we've decided we're getting together we're married and we're going to walk this life together and i just love her so much she's just amazing well, the other man who normally didn't really treat his wife well goes home and he brings flowers to his wife and she's standing there and, and he brings in the flowers and chocks and says, I just want to let you know that I just really love you. And she just bursts into tears. She's like, bursts into tears. And she goes, I can't believe it, she said. The school rang me up, our kids been naughty at school, we've got a baby that's been crying all day because it's sick. I haven't got around to any of the housework and then you come home drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Alcohol affects things and people see the effect. So although that's just sort of a little funny story about how someone can act differently and people go, they must be drunk. There are some serious consequences with alcohol, very serious consequences and you need to think about it, especially young people. You're at a stage of your development physically that your brain is not fully developed and your liver is not fully developed and there are some real dangers for you. Your your way of thinking is not fully developed so you're already behind the eight ball because you're not really smart in terms of (laughs) how you think. You make silly decisions already without the aid of alcohol and so you've got to think about this. Let's, Let's have a look at some of the health effects just of alcohol. Alcohol is responsible for seven different types of cancer that people can get. It's a depressant. So what does that mean? It slows down your brain function and it affects the neurotransmitters and by doing that, it stops you thinking properly. It makes you tunnel-minded, is probably what you'd call it, so that you're not really seeing the full picture of life. So it's a depressant. And it affects... Sorry, it also lowers serotonin that helps regulate your moods. Heavy or regular drinkers are more likely to develop depression as anyone else. So it's the heavy is a problem, the regular hitting it quite often. You're twice as likely to get depression in your life. It decreases inhibition so it ends up that um, you don't act how you normally act. You might go somewhere and And um, date rape is one of the big problems. 75% of men involved in date rape have been drinking, 55% of women or young people it talks about. This is teenage facts. So they made a decision to go and sleep with someone, firstly outside of what God wants for us because he regards the relationship of marriage and the sexual intimacy between a man and wife because it's a covenant of love between them. But it lowers that inhibition so what ends up is you can make mistakes more readily. You're not thinking. The Bible's got some great stories about that. In fact, the first time alcohol was ever mentioned was after Noah came out of the ark and he'd planted these vineyards and he got really drunk one night and was naked in his tent. And one of his sons came in and saw him and basically mocked him for being like that, told the other boys they covered him up. Read that story, it's very interesting. And it talks about the uncovering the nakedness and there's some speculation that the guy actually was sexually abused by him because of the alcohol, allowing him to be in a vulnerable position. Lot, we know the story of Lot, many of us, some. but Sodom and Gomorrah, they were places of sexual sin, they were destroyed by God. And Lot's two daughters ran away with him to this mountain place and they were like, there's no guys around. I will tell you what, let's get our dad drunk and have sex with him. So they did. Both of them did it, two nights in a row. The dad didn't even know what was going on. And alcohol can actually stop the the memory of your brain. I don't know if you've ever heard stories of people that were like, you know, I can't even remember what I did last night. And it's true. That's not brain damage. You can get that from the continuous drinking. But what happens is it slows down your thinking so much that your memory is affected. Does that sound dangerous? Does that sound like you're opening yourself up to harm? Does it sound like you're opening yourself up to other influence apart from God? I think it does. If you drink alcohol, you're seven and a half times more likely to use other illicit drugs. It increases that risk. It's a gateway to those things. And you're much more likely to suffer from mental health problems... And I mentioned a few other things last week about the the effects that alcohol can have. So we need to understand that it's not a benign substance. It's something that can affect people in a really bad way. And so as Christians, what do we do? It means that we have to be wise and we have to think carefully about what we do, okay? In Hosea, it says this, that the alcohol that the people was drinking, wine has robbed my people of their understanding. Why do I want to talk about that? Because, guys, if you want to be used in leadership with God, you have to think carefully about where you're going with alcohol. When it talks about elders in the New Testament, it says that they're not to love wine. It says that they're not to love wine, and and it's talking about their wives as well. It says they're not to love it. There's something about making that decision, if I'm going to lead for God, it's a really wise decision to make, to say, okay, either I'm going to walk with wisdom with alcohol or I'm just going to decide to abstain because I know that my life belongs to God and I want to serve Him. And it goes back to the the thing that alcohol does not help you make good decisions. There are so many passages in the Bible that I read through and it's like, Hey, you, my leaders, you're just getting drunk all the time. Now look what's happening to the land. You're not thinking about the people. You're forgetting my laws. In other words, as you drink alcohol, you start to forget about what's right and wrong. What does God want? What doesn't he want? When it's in excess, it starts to affect you in a way that's not good. So what was the wisdom that was given to Solomon? This is in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 4 to 7. It's not for kings, O Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave alcohol, for if they drink they may forget the law and and not give justice to the oppressed. Alcohol is for the dying and wine for those in bitter distress. Let them drink to forget their poverty and remember their troubles no more. Again, it's stressing, guys, if you want to be in leadership, it is really smart not to drink. For a king, it is not good to drink wine. Why? Because you forget God's laws and you start to act in inappropriate ways. You start to act differently. I remember being at a Christmas function, uh, sorry, a Christian function once, and, you know, I expect weird things to happen when it's not Christians around, but, you know, there's a bit of alcohol around. And it was really interesting to notice what happened. The blokes became sleazy. Seriously. This is guys who confess a love for God which was real and it was true, there's no doubt about that. But as the night went on and there's more drink happening, the talk became very sexual. It started to become pointed at ladies and things like that. And let's ask you this, is that something that pleases God? So we can make excuses for ourselves and, and even as we looked at that first verse there, it talks about how Wine produces mockers. People become bitter, I guess, in a way, in what they say. Have you ever been there where people start drinking then all of a sudden they're slagging off everyone? They're mocking everything. They're saying everything's stupid. They're dumb. They're an idiot. And the, the language that starts to come out is not godly. And strong drink leads to brawls. Now, we don't have to be too smart to think about that, but it's that, that same thing. It's the lack of control if we go over the top that occurs. So wisdom. Let's read some more Proverbs. Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Who's always fighting? Who's always complaining? Who has unnecessary bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? It's the one who spends long hours in the taverns, trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at the wine, seeing how red it is, how it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down. For in the end, it bites like a poisonous snake. It stings like a viper. You'll see hallucinations. You'll say crazy things. You'll stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swaying mast. And you'll say, they hit me, but I did not feel it. I didn't even know it when they beat me up. Then will I wake up so I can look for another drink. There are times when we want to drink, right? As humans. As humans. But we need to keep in mind what it does, alcohol. Alcohol is a depressant. So let me ask you this question. If I'm depressed, should I take something that depresses me? The answer is no. (laughs) And this is the problem. When we start to use substances, it could be anything. I don't know what what in your life to cope. And it doesn't have to be alcohol. It can be smoking. It, It could be... Food for comfort, it could be our shopping addiction, whatever it is. Then we start to look to other ways apart from God and say, you be my comfort, you be the one who gets me through this. But the problem with alcohol is that it doesn't help in the long run. It does make you feel good for a bit. Just as that passage said, you know, it tastes so beautiful, you swirl it around in the cup and, I don't know, my uncle does it really well, he sniffs it and he can tell if it's nice or not, i got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks so good, but in the end it just leads to ruin of your life when you, when you let it take over and to just allow something to have that control of your life is so foolish and that is why depression becomes so big in alcoholics or people that are always drinking they're like, you know what, oh, I've had a hard day with the kids I just need a little wine just to relax myself, it starts off with that way a health expert, a lady in Canada, was speaking on this and she said, so many women who get into alcohol, it's for that reason. The kids are off to school, I'll sit back and have a little glass of wine because it helps me relax, which it does. So it does have some good purposes, right? doesn't mean it's just blanket wrong or bad or, or evil. But with wisdom, without wisdom, it can become a controlling factor in your life. So with the lady, she said, what happens is they take the one... But then they've had a stressful day, so they need another. And then the husband, he's annoying, so we need to have another one. And all of a sudden, it becomes something that they go to to relieve their depression, anxiety, and problems. But then, because of the way alcohol affects your brain, it actually makes you focus in on those things that make you depressed, anxious, etc., So it becomes this vicious circle and and when they talk about depression with alcohol, it's saying that it doesn't matter if it's because you're depressed you drink or you drink and then become depressed, it doesn't matter which way around it is but it's a really big problem with people who drink a lot, they become depressed. just end with this and then we'll talk about our fasting. Because in the long run, what are we trying to do? We're trying to please God, right, with our lives. Hopefully. And we need to make wise decisions. If you're thinking, I need something to get something that's not God, then you're making it an idol. You hear about people, it's like, I just need that drink. It's like, I need a drink, I need a drink. It becomes such a habit. Why? Because I'm depressed, I need a drink. Why? Because my wife's only in the mood if she's drunk. Things like that. And if that's what you need to get your wife in the mood, then you've got bigger problems than that. There's a deeper problem, and that's what alcohol can do. It can mask the issues, can't it? And that's why in Proverbs it said, wine's for those that are dying and those that have got no hope in the world. Why? Because it makes them forget their troubles. It's like it wipes away that trouble. I'm so drunk I can't remember what it is. What it's saying is that really the right way to deal with things. Alcohol is a big avoider. It stops us facing up to the realities of our life. And many people say I was driven to drink by XXX, which might be true. But in the long run, as Christians, we need to make that decision to say, you know what, I have the name of Jesus Christ to break these chains in my life. We need grace from others to understand, you know, hey, I've got a problem, I need help. No matter what area of our life it is, we need grace and we need truth. Just like Jesus Christ, it says he came and he brought grace and truth to the earth through what he did. If he just brought grace, the world would be in a mess because we can just do all as we want. If he just brought truth, it would be like legalistic and judgmental. But he brought them both together. Grace and truth, they kissed each other. And this isn't about trying to make people, people feel condemned or anything like that but this is like everything with God he shows us stuff and it might be a problem in your life I don't know but if it's hitting you the, there's an Arab proverb that says the dog that's hit with a stone is the one that yelps if you're throwing it into a pack of dogs that's the one that you hit it's the one that went oh. or maybe louder if it's a big stone And so sometimes the word of God comes to us, I don't know if you've ever had it, and it just hits you so hard. And you're like, ouch, that really hurt. (laughs) But God's so amazing, his grace and truth come together and it's like, hey, kid, son, daughter, I'm just wanting you to grow into who you're meant to be as a Christian. And let's finish with this, Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 20. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just love it. Just love those, those verses. Don't act thoughtlessly. Consider everything that we do. Because we want to please God in the end, don't we? If we follow after the Spirit, the Bible says we'll get life. If we follow after the flesh, we get death. And so often we have that choice in life. Am I going to follow what God says? Am I going to turn to him? and am, am I going to seek him? Or am I going to use what the world uses to cope? Am I going to go down their solution problem or am I going to say, God, you're the answer? And just as I read that then, it just sort of jumped out at me. You know how it talks about don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Of course we want that. But then it's saying singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In other words, it's saying, if you're depressed, find a different way. This is a good way. Start singing about God, singing about his goodness and thanking him. All right, so that's really that message, wisdom with alcohol. I'll just pray and then, um, then we'll talk about our prayer and fasting week, hey? Father, I just want to thank you that you give us your word. And sometimes it's really hard when we hear it to just sort of work things out in our life. But Lord, I'm just praying for clarity in each and every person here today, Father. Lord, if there's anyone here that has a problem with alcohol, I just want to pray, Lord, for your grace on their life and your truth to come in. But Lord, I pray that they would just seek help, Lord, that they would go and find an answer so they could be free from that as well. Thank you for your wisdom, Lord, and we just want to please you in everything that we do. So, Father, we just say, have control of our life. Help us to be wise. Help us not to forget your law. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.